the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. We are near the end of our daily run of London International Shipping Week podcasts, and I'm delighted to say I have two of the stalwarts of the UK maritime and international industry with me to reflect on what we've achieved over the last few days. Harry Theocharry from Norton Rose Fulbright and Michael Parker from Citigroup. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we've had a we've had a, a, an interesting week, uh, I would say. Uh, Harry, you've been um, matching the minister for appearances on television and on stage, uh, trumpeting the success of UK. Michael, talking about everything from green finance to um, the, the future of decarbonisation and finance in the industry. Give me your, your your sort of concluding thoughts in terms of what we've achieved this week and, and what were your highlights, uh, Richard? One of the one of my greatest objectives since I became chairman of Maritime UK is to make people understand how fundamentally important the shipping and maritime industries are to this island nation. Uh, there's, there's, believe it or not, a very poor understanding of how fundamentally important we are to the economic and commercial lifeblood of this nation. We were very fortunate that during this week we have had published two reports that highlight some you know, quite phenomenal achievements. Uh, the first one was the PwC report that was published on Monday, which clearly showed that the United Kingdom's uh, professional business services were well ahead of everyone else in the world. I thought it was quite interesting that there was a suggestion that we were losing ground to certain jurisdictions, but then the point was made that it was actually us that was propping up those jurisdictions in any event. The biggest brokers, the biggest law firms, the biggest accountants in the world uh, still have their main bases in the United Kingdom. Mm. My law firm um, is one of those. But I thought the report that really drove home the importance of the industry and even got the Prime Minister's attention uh, was the CEBR report. Uh, We really didn't know what the report would throw up. We've had a number of years of huge uncertainty because of Brexit. But the numbers clearly evidence that the industry has moved forward in a really meaningful way, and its contribution to the UK economy is quite phenomenal. Uh, We're talking about a contribution of 46 billion to the economy of the United Kingdom. We employ over 1.1 million people. We pay 5.3 million in tax every year. And we have really um, made people understand that without our industry, the, the commercial life of this nation could come to an end. One of, the, one of the most important figures that I can give anybody is that 95%, that's half a trillion worth of goods and product, is imported and exported in, in and out of this island nation every year on ships through ports. It is quite phenomenal, and as you say, these reports have really brought home. I think to a, a you know a question of to some extent preaching to the converted in terms of shipping talking to shipping. But what's been interesting is actually this has been a much wider discussion. You, you mentioned Boris Johnson. You've been hanging around with the uh, the Prime Minister this morning, but probably one of the you know one positive thing I can take away from Brexit is the fact that it has rather reinforced in the minds of our government quite how important shipping is and that that's a real bonus for us. I think that's absolutely right. It's drawn shipping into sharp focus. I think people understand the importance of the uh, the shipping and maritime industries. 
And Richard, if I may say, so uh, a lot of the success that we've had over the past few years is really down to our partnership with government. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have uh, a shipping minister that is totally committed to the cause. Uh, Nusrat Ghani has been everywhere this week. Quite um, literally. I don't think I've been in an event where she hasn't at least made a very brief appearance somewhere. Uh, well, I, I must tell you, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'm astounded by her energy and her stamina, and she makes me feel very old. But uh, she has done a tremendous job, and it's, it's her commitment and belief in, in what we're doing that really fires everybody up. And you know, everyone's always terribly optimistic. When we look at all of the numbers, when we look at what we're doing, how as an industry we're coming together, how we're dealing with technology, how we're dealing with the environment, Everything is terribly positive right now, and we've just got to keep this going. Mm. To be fair, if I can interject at this Please. point in, in uh, picking up on this, to be fair, the Chris Grayling initiated 2050 UK Maritime Strategy, which I served on the expert panel. Mm. Some people were more expert than me. Did the non-UK listeners? This is Chris Grayling, the former UK former Secretary of State for Transport. Uh, is very forward-looking, and I think a lot of the topics discussed today at this, well, this week, obviously today at the conference, but this week, feed off, not directly off that, but show the relevance of that report and what's been going on during that period, but obviously since uh, the change of Prime Minister, and fortunately the same shipping minister, I think that was a crucial decision to keep mm. Nusrat in post, is the recognition of the need for the government to put its money where its mouth is. Now, we'll have to see, no doubt, some form of solution to Brexit uh, and a new government um, that uh, is able to fulfil the ambitions of UK Maritime 2050. But a key thing when you're watching the television and what you have to remember, the perception of the UK is that we have riots on the streets of Westminster and London is not a safe place to be, which, of course, is ridiculous. Um, but we also have this thing that Dover is the only port. And I think one of the things that the shipping industry and the shipping press needs to do is to make people understand that Dover, yes, it's an important choke point. The Royal Navy, no doubt, will be protecting it after Brexit. But what's important is the, all the other ports are un better understood by, by the country. Mm. And, and this is also part of the story of shipping. It's not just here, it's everywhere. And I think that's the change. The change is actually... The attendees today's conference and at some of the events I've been to are much broader. So I was at the ICS event talking again about finance, but Lord Adair made a very powerful speech there. And I think bringing in yesterday's podcast, making exactly that point. Yeah, well, you see, I think, I think when people like him and Baroness Worthington, who've got experience of other issues and the big issue of climate change, mm. get involved in our industry, it enriches the debate and will help produce the sort of other people to come in to invest. So we're talking about new technologies. We're not talking about the old technologies and finding money for them. And I made this point on Tuesday morning, um, which was that the British banks had not been particularly good at shipping. I didn't really mean that in the way that David headlined it. Because he did go on to fill the article with what I actually also said, which was they need to be brought in to help finance under the government plan these new technologies. And mm -hmm. I think uh, I've been talking to the green finance people and, and I think the UK banks should be very much brought into that around the maritime sector to to talk about what they can do in support of whatever the government's doing without calling it shipping because that's where there is a historical historical problem. But this, to, to my the point I also want to make is the quality of discussion this week 
makes London International Shipping Week a real event. It was two years ago, but in 13 and 15, it was starting it out. It was lots of events. Mm-hmm. The quality of the events this week have been phenomenal. And I think that's very important in connecting all this with the government strategy. Mm-hmm. I agree very much with what Harry said. That cluster report that was launched on Monday was a fascinating thing to read, and I think it highlighted our strengths, and, and we need to make sure people understand we have those strengths and continue to invest in them. And where the weaknesses were found, let's do what we can to address those two. I mean, the the UK aspect of it was, you know, to some extent, inevitable and necessary. Yeah, and I wouldn't suggest otherwise. But to me, the more interesting parts of the week were the international parts of London International Shipping Week. And as you say, Michael, uh, finance, uh, the route from here to 2050, the uh, generational shift in terms of innovation and technology that we need to both uh, underwrite in terms of the scientific expertise, but also the financing and how we bring together non-traditional shipping aspects of the industry. That was all touched upon throughout the week, and to my mind, it was probably the most important parts of what we were discussing. It's great that we had the UK, uh, mm. you know, domestic flag waving exercise going on, and it was a positive uh, vision. But uh, I, I think the concluding sort of thoughts that I've been speaking to a lot of people about were that you know Brexit is a minor anomaly uh, you know when when considered in the the grand scheme of all the other things that we have to consider as an industry I think that's absolutely right Richard I think the things that came out there's a lot of good thought leadership coming out of a lot of the discussions that were being had it wasn't just talk and and people highlighting problems people were, were proposing answers and for me I think the three things that that really have come out of the week um, and the three issues that uh, are really challenging our industry right, right now are the lack of financing, um, the environment, which clearly is, is causing a lot of concern now to a lot of people. And Michael, I know, feels very strongly about this. And I think he's absolutely right. I think you know the man on the street is beginning to understand that we need to do something about it right now. Mm. But the thing that frightens me most, I must tell you, and this is simply because I'm a dinosaur, are these new and disruptive technologies. Um, the more I speak to people, the more I realize that things like blockchain, artificial intelligence, you know, autonomous shipping, um, uh, cyber issues, these aren't just going to change the way we work, change the industry, they're going to change the way we live. And I think it's fundamentally important that we get really to grips with these. Were you frightened of this when it came in? I was. Uh, Mr. Parker is showing us his prehistoric mobile phone that I'm, I'm fairly sure is steam-powered by the looks it, of it. But it has good battery life on my <laughs> iPhone. Have you got one of these, Harry? Yes, I do have one. Yes, I you're not frightened. You're not frightened. Well. I, no, I can take pictures with it. Oh, okay, frightened. You're not really frightened. <laughs> you're not really frightened of new technology. Uh, let me develop the theme Harry's talking about. I mean, I think I don't want to say this is now a roving circus because that, that belittles the importance of it. But... I think there is developing, because of the common focus on certain issues, a seamless way that the discussions move forward. And what I felt this week was this is taking something that's been developed, as I mentioned, the Global Maritime Forum, obviously, and at North Shipping and at Marine Money, all the different things. And, and actually, people are beginning to focus on a few important priorities. The UN Climate Action Summit, 10 days in New York, I think will be very significant. There'll be the usual show show showcase thing of heads of state and stuff but there are a lot of meetings going around that on these same topics mm. and then there'll be the all the other asian conferences and as i said mentioned the global maritime forum summit in singapore so i think progress continues to be made at all these at all these things 
Graham Henderson, who I didn't think that he was in the conference. I didn't today, see Graham today, but he'd made the point at the Marine, uh, the Capital Link conference on Tuesday. On the panel, he and I, and Martin Stopford, where he talked about collaboration. The energy companies have not really talked about collaboration in a sense that people have trusted them. Collaboration sort of meant, I will eat you, or I will screw you, or I will whatever. They genuinely mean it. I mean, they see the challenge. They see the challenge, and I think that is why there is a genuine partnership. Well, you made the point on stage yesterday, basically saying that you know the, the, the cargo interests need to be uh, you know a collaborative partner in all of this. They have to end this schizophrenic relationship where the trading arm is saying one thing and the rest of the company is um, saying another thing. It's, you know, deeds, not words, I would say, in terms of uh, how we go forward. There's a lot of people saying some very nice things, but the reality is, when it comes down to the freight rates, uh, lowest common denominator tends to win. But I think, as uh, Lassie from Gladness said yesterday, and he talked about the volatility in fuel prices and in Cape size freight rates, yeah. the industry can afford it. From four thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars yes. in one year, yes. and you know, there's no riots on the street. We still got food, and the cars are still That's right. But I think it's the the, the the sustainability to profitability comes from two things. It comes from better management of supply and demand, and then the finance will follow. Because I think it will be new types of finance, and I think I especially agree. from the capital markets. And I think there are a lot of people looking to invest in new technologies. And the great thing about shipping, which the aviation industry can't do is shipping doesn't need to talk about offsets. That question got asked because, as Alastair Marsh and other people made clear, the technology technology is there. It's about the scaling up. It's about the investment. It's about there are obviously solutions that are not yet maybe down in front of us, which will be developed. Mm. But I think no one, I think the 2050 target is challenging, but no one actually thinks it can't be done. The question is, can it be done and growth in global trade still go along with that. Yes. The question for aviation is whether the climate change issue will mean we have to fly a lot less, and that's a very different challenge for the aviation sector. So I think shipping moves ahead of aviation, and I, I, I've made this point several times this week. What we did as the banks with the Poseidon principles and all these other initiatives is the opportunity for the shipping industry to shine, to make the world understand what it does, why it's so important, and then to make money out of it. More maybe like utility, not, 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 not to rip people off. We don't want to see that sort of boom stuff we had in 2008. We want to see steady, um, steady growth in, in, in earnings and stuff. We, we will see consolidation inevitably because this will require capital to invest. And you asked me that question back on June, there's something out of the Poseidon principles, what about the squeeze middle? Mm. Well, I think was, as you've heard today, the squeeze middle is going to be more squeezed simply or will come up with the bright solution being small is not big or small is not the issue it's being it's being bright it's being attentive it's being fast it's all those things so some of the successful new technologies may well emerge from some of the well-run smaller companies which will then get adopted some of the big technology companies started very small but the the need for collaboration um, and the need for um, you know, in, international um, recognition of the need for collaboration has come through very clearly as well. Um, we, we had a, a gathering of various clusters um, from around the world and we were discussing how we could work with each other for mutual benefit because there's no point as just simply sitting there and competing. Uh, if we could work together and 
as we, we were suggesting that you know when the when the tide comes in, we all float upwards. That's the ultimate ambition. And we had a very good discussion. Everybody was very keen to collaborate. So I suggested that fine. Why don't we get a group of clusters together in London? Get it chaired by the IMO. Get Kai Lim to come and chair us. And then let's all sit together and work together for the common good to see on the issues that we're all concerned about how we can take matters forward. And very interestingly, some of those those clusters suddenly became disinterested. And it was it was quite apparent to me that you know the aim of those clusters wasn't really to take shipping forward. It was simply to take their cluster forward and to take to bring business to their jurisdiction, which is absolutely fine. We don't have an issue with that. Uh, but you know, it was a, a little bit unnerving to see that you know, there, there was this this issue with real collaboration that would be good for the entire industry going forward. They but, saw you. They saw you coming, Harry. <laughs> Michael, it, look, it didn't come as any surprise because you know, we know we know which clusters are aren't playing the game, but. Um, it's 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 been a very interesting um, uh, experience to to sit down and look at these global issues because they're not easy to deal with. No, and to that extent, I think you know it has been a fruitful discussion for the week. Um, I'm aware that uh, between the two of you, you've uh, clocked up double-digit appearances, and Harry, your voice sounds like it might be on the way out. So. I think let's draw the podcast to a close there. Thank you both very much for joining the Lloyd's Can List I podcast. I just say one thing? Please. I, I've attended so many events, which I had, I've spoken to all the events I've attended, except, well, including the ones I hosted, in order to show off my new beard as much as possible. Well, there have been, I mean, there have been many topics throughout London Shipping Week. Your beard, I would say, is probably in the top five. You have uh, won a few new fans. Good, with good. The, does, it make, new does, it look. does it make me look younger? Absolutely. Good, yes, Michael. Good, yes. Good. I, think, I think the word he's looking for is regal. Regal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not like Danny Dyer, descended from Edward III. <laughs> on that note, we will end the podcast. There will be one more daily podcast with the Lloyd's List team wrapping up on their thoughts uh, for the week tomorrow. But uh, for now, uh, thank you very much. And we'll be back to you tomorrow. Thank you, Richard.